Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. We'll uh, dive into that in just a few minutes. But Romans chapter 10, there's about three or four verses that we might look at there. Um, and we'll get there in just a second. So we've been in this series called Testify. And today I want to talk to you really about uh, how to share the gospel, sharing the gospel, what that really looks like. Because uh, studies have been done, I alluded to some of those last week, that really show that the body of Christ doesn't do a lot of um, evangelism, doesn't really do a lot of sharing the gospel, sharing their faith. Here's, here's the crazy thing. We're the kingdom of light. Now, let me ask you, how do you, well do you think the kingdom of darkness does with spreading their message? Like they are amazing marketing specialists. They are amazing. And they will spend, like if I don't watch the Super Bowl, I'm not an uh, athletic fan or anything like that. There's nothing agile about me. Nothing. But, you know, I do know enough to know that in Super Bowl halftime shows that they will pay tens of millions. Can you imagine? That's more than you and I will ever make in our lifetime. But they will spend tens of millions of dollars on one 30-second clip. One 30-second clip. That's how interested in marketing their message that the that the kingdom of darkness is all about you know we're the people of the good news and so as we talk about good news we've got something good to share um, everybody loves to share good news you know some people love to share bad news but that's a whole nother message that's not today's message today's message is about sharing good news and uh you have those people in your world like you might be one of these like they can't keep a secret shay says i don't keep good secrets she's like you can't keep a secret you're always telling people well I remember one time uh, during Christmas, my dad, for some reason, he would always wait to the last minute to go get my mom's presents, and he would always come get me and take me with him. And I don't know, I guess I was about five uh, years old, and we go out, and he buys mom this uh, this necklace for Christmas, and he shows it to me. You know, I really don't care about any of that stuff, uh, but he's showing it to me, and I just remember seeing it, and he said, now this is a secret, we're not going to tell mom about this. She's going to be so excited. And whenever I got home, I walked right into the kitchen where she was. And I'm like, mom, and I'm just, mom, dad got you a really nice Christmas present, but I'm not supposed to tell you it's a diamond necklace. And I'm like, I just put it out there. And I'm like, so, you know, but I just remember I knew what my dad had said, and I was trying not to tell it, but I was so excited as a little kid because I saw how excited my dad was, and I saw how excited it was for him to give the gift, and I knew my mom was going to be so excited. So, I, you know, I just wanted to share it. Well, you know, that's how it feels when we share the gospel. When, listen to me, when... We truly come to this understanding of what we were created for. Like I read to you first, uh, or uh, what was it, First um, Peter or Second Peter? First Peter two nine. Yeah, at the beginning of our time this morning, like we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, set apart unto God for the express purpose of sharing His praise of His good works. Like that's what we're created for. Like, he created us so that we can tell others about how good he is. Because there's, there's something, it's not like we serve some narcissistic God that, you know, he just needs to be told. No, it's like, 
in coming to him, it's always about him giving something else. Like he, when we pour out his, our praise to him, it's always going to come back to us. You know, day and night, night and day, let incense arise, you know, uh, for from you are all things, to you are all things. Like, it's this cycle. When the praise goes up, the blessings come down. When we give glory to God, when we point people to God, it's for their benefit. It's always for their benefit. And so, as we talk about the gospel, the good news, okay? So, we, if you've been in church for any length of time, you hear a lot about the gospel. You hear a lot about the good news, and this is what the, the, in the Greek, don't, don't, don't go to sleep on me, all right? So I'm going to teach you a little bit this morning. I'm going to teach you some doctrinal things, but it all ties into to good news. But, uh, but this Greek word, euangelion, is where we, where we get our uh, word for evangelize from. It's derived from this Greek word, euangelion. And anytime you see good news or glad tidings or, or the gospel in uh, the New Testament, it'll always be this word, euangelion, or uh, uh, euangelizo, which is the, the verb uh, part of that, which means to evangelize or to preach. All right, And it simply means this, it simply means news about something good. And I don't know if you uh, know this or not, this is just kind of a side note, but Many words that we have in the scripture, now you have to understand, when, when this scripture was written, it was written in a context of the Greek, uh, Romans, culture, first century, so there's lots of cultural stuff going on. There's Greek culture, there's Roman culture, there's pagan culture, there's Babylonian culture, there's, there's, there's Jewish culture, there's Hebrew culture, there's all these different cultures. And so the scriptures written, and many of the words that we look at as church words are not first century church words. They're actually secular words. Euangelizo or euangelion, evangelize, good news, gospel. Those, that's not a, a, an original church word. The writers use that word from their culture just like if we were writing something spiritual today. We, we might use words like logged in or you know what I'm saying? Like we, we might... Um, Use words like uh, what's a uh, that new word that they phrase that they came out with COVID uh, personal space or distance social distancing like that wasn't a thing until a few years ago now it's a part of all everyday uh, language so these words like euangelion evangelize gospel apostle. These were not spiritual words. They were actually, some of them, civilian, like in, in the civil arena, in the military arena. And that's why Paul says to the writers within the New Testament, he says, if you hear of someone preaching another gospel, like he's not necessarily even talking about another messiah. He's just saying, hey, if somebody else comes along and there's good news and they're telling you about the latest, greatest thing and it contradicts what we're telling you, that's a different good news. Like, don't believe that news. Don't leave that if it contradicts this. And so... This, this whole thing about the good news, if you look back throughout the scripture, if you remember when Jesus uh, was being, his birth was being announced in Luke chapter uh, 2, the angel said, I bring you euangelion. I bring you good news that will fill you with great joy. The angel is just saying, guys, I got some good news to tell you. What is about to be birthed into the earth is a good thing for all mankind. If you look at Jesus, when he was quoting Isaiah, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus talking. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring euangelion, the good news, to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free. Now, I don't know about you, but that's good news. Like if you're blind and now you're not, you were blind and now you're not blind, that's good news. If you were oppressed and now you're set free, that's good news. If you were a captive and now you're released, that's good news. And Jesus is saying, listen, my whole purpose in being here is to bring you good news. All right? So listen, if we're disciples, and if I could just be blunt and offensive for a a moment, the church is filled, I would even say today in this room, The church is filled with Christians, but not disciples. Like, you're saved, and you are going to heaven, but you are not a disciple of Christ. Now, Pastor Rye, why do you want to say something like that? Well, one, because it's true. Two, I am not here to make you you know, uh, to tickle you in all the, you know, right spiritual places, I'm here to disciple you. And disciples of Christ are people who take on the attributes of Christ. They live that out. They live the teachings out. They actually know the doctrines that that guy taught. You You know what I'm saying? Like, there are people... Disciples of David, uh, of uh, not David Ramsey, um, Dave Ramsey. Disciples of Dave Ramsey. You know who he is, the money guy? Like Shay and I, like we were disciples for a time. I guess you might even say we still are. But we were disciples for a time. Why? Because he knew some knowledge that we didn't have and we needed to get to a place that we didn't, out of a place we didn't want to be. So what did we do? Like, what do, you, what do you think we should do? Like, you're smarter than we are. You're a millionaire. We're not a millionaire. We're in debt. You're not in debt. How do, you, got, you got out of debt. Tell us how you did that. Okay? Uh, uh, uh. I don't want to do that. That's hard. I don't, uh. If you want it to work, you got to work it. So what did we do? We went to work, man. We started slashing stuff from our budget. We started cut cut out cable, cut out this, cut out that, cut out all of these things. Why? Because the principles work. Then we started doing the whole, you know, it sounds like I'm on a Dave uh, Ramsey uh, kick here, but I'm just telling you, like, man, we're, we're on our way to getting out of debt. The last big debt we've got right now is our house, and it's going to be paid off in a couple of years. Why are we there? That's good news. That, why are we there? Because we were disciples of somebody who knew more than we knew. And dude, that stuff works. All right? So now let's bring it back to Jesus. If we're disciples of Christ, if we're disciples of him, we're not just going to be in a casual relationship with him. We literally are going to Take his yoke, that's his teaching. Take his yoke upon us, and we're going to begin to live that out. And you know, in this world that we live in, if we're going to be a disciple of him, all right, disciple means a reproduction of the original. So here's the original, Jesus is the original, and he begat disciples. In other words, he birthed disciples all the way down to us in this room. And I'm not here to make you feel bad. It is an awareness. You're either aware of it or not. Because some people truly think, like, I'm a disciple. It's like, honestly, you're not. You're a Christian. You're saved. And you're going to heaven. But as far as doing the things that Jesus did you know, you're not doing those. So you're not a disciple. And if, you, if you're, you know, so do I have to go into that any further? I think y'all get it, right? It's not to make anybody in this room feel bad. It's just an awareness. I truly at some point in my life came to understand, you know what? I'm not following Jesus. I, I'm, I am a consumer of Jesus. I consumed salvation I'm not going to hell, praise God. I've got my free, you know, coupon. I got that free coupon, all right, that I'm not going to hell. 
but I am not doing anything with my life for the Lord. And that was a game-changing day for me, all right? So let's move on. Here's the main thing that I want to leave with you today. In a world filled or full of bad news, we're full of the good news. I want you to think about this for a second. It's not just a, a, a cutesy little phrase. that, I, Like in a world full of bad news, I stopped watching all news a few years ago. I still read the headlines and I occasionally will, uh, will, will read news and see what's going on in the world. But I stopped watching news. Why? Because I was angry, I was irritable, I was discouraged, I was mad because it's just full of bad news. You would watch the news and think there is nothing good in the world. I found myself doing this. I found myself going, God, would you just please come quickly? Like, there's no point in even living. The world just stinks. It's like, ugh. It's just bad. So what did I do? I got rid of that. Like, I'll still just, like, glance at headlines, and I'll know just by the headline, yep, I don't want to go down that trail. So I don't. In a world full of bad news, you can go out and anywhere you'll see bad news. You can go on Facebook and you'll see bad news. You can go on Instagram and you'll see bad news. Can I just tell you something for a second? Even the good news that you do see, mm, is it? Shay and I know people, and I, these are people in my family. So if any of y'all watching today, sorry. There are people in our family personally, mine and Shay's. These are mine and Shay's kinfolk, so I can talk about them. They will post this, but because I'm related to them, I'm like, that's not what it looks like. Over here, it's glitz and glamour, and over here, it's hoo-ha and yay-hoo, and over here, it's like, yeah, that's ratchet, bunch of mess right there, you know, everything that glitters out there. That's not what it looks like. I'm telling you, we live in a world full of bad news. So we're the good news. What's the answer? We are. A few years ago, our declaration was this. God wants the world to see Jesus in me. So I'll live a life that reflects his glory. Why does God want the world to see Jesus in me? Because it's so bad. Because everything is down, you'll, get, you'll, you'll start looking at the economy. You'll start looking at the president. You'll start looking at the CDC. You'll start looking at all of these things. And before you know it, before you know it, you will have forgotten all the promises of God that come from the good news. So in a world where there is, and this is going to hurt, all right? This is going to hurt somebody in this room. I'm sorry, but there should be no such thing as melancholy Christians. But Pastor Rife, you don't understand, please. I've had people to tell me, you don't understand what I, I'm like, you know what, maybe not. But here's what the gospel says. This ain't the gospel of Rife, this is actually the gospel. Brothers and sisters, don't think that you're the only one suffering like you do. Because there are other believers all around the world. L listen, everybody, somebody else is as bankrupt as you. Somebody else's marriage is, is as rough as yours. Somebody else's debt is as high as yours. Somebody else's health is bad or worse than yours. Like, listen... You're not the only one. I'm not the only one that is going through things. But I'm here to tell you that if we really believe what we say, if we've taken his yoke, the good news on us, if we are taking on his burden, which is light, there should be no such thing as a melancholy believer. Shouldn't be. If I'm talking to you this morning... 
I'm not downing you. I'm not calling you out. What I'm trying to do is call you up. And I'm tr- what I'm trying to do is say, hey, why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your trust in God. Why so downcast? Why are you so depressed? Have you stopped trusting God? What Worry is faith in reverse. Why are you so depressed? Listen, I've been there. You need to hear the voice of the Lord to you today or you need to surround yourself. Pastor Rife, you ain't ever been there? Yes, I have. I've been there to where I wanted to end it. I've Like literally, that's no like, you know, just trying to throw out a shock factor. I've been there to where I've wanted to end it. I've been there to where I wanted to give up. I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. As a matter of fact, you know, I could take you to some conversations that I had with the Lord lately. Can I just go off script for just a second? All right. Sometimes when I say stuff like this, I'm like, are these people safe to say stuff like this to? Because I hear what you're saying. I'm not sure I believe it. Not, not, not about you. I'm just saying. Like, I, like, is it? Because I've been transparent and... And, and, and then have people to come and, you know, and, and turn it against me before. Let me just tell you a conversation that I've had with the Lord in the last four days. All right. Here's why I hesitate to share this with some in a group like this is because like, is he well? Do we need to see about him? Do we, does he need to, to go to a counselor or whatever? Listen, I got counselors. I have people around me that are my prayer partners and leaders that I surround myself with. That's what keeps me edified. That's what I don't isolate myself. As a matter of fact, in my darkest times, I was smart enough to know I'm in some dangerous, uncharted territory. I need to call somebody up to say, hey, can you just keep an eye on me? I don't want you to get weirded out. But I've never had these feelings before. I just, I don't know what I'm going through. That's why it's kind of weird and scary a little bit. And I just need somebody else to know that I'm here. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that keeps us where we are. Back to my conversation. I'm going through this conversation with God. And I'm just going like, I'm not going to call out the things, okay? I'm not going to call out what they were. That's a list of things. God, when I think about, I'm not really happy right now with that. Lord, when I think about this, I'm not really happy with that right now. God, when I think about this, I don't really like how that's going. It doesn't bring me joy. I'm not happy about that right now. I'm serious. I go down a list of about 10 or 12 things that I go I'm not happy. I'm not happy with where I am in this place in my life. I'm 55. You would think that by now I would be getting to the place where I am happy with it. You know what I'm saying? Why am I sharing this with you? Because I'm sharing it with you because if you're not careful, you'll get downcast. And you'll be thinking about like, okay, is there anything good? In my world that I like. That's when the voice of the enemy will start in on you and going. Yeah, your life pretty much stinks. And then he begins to discuss alternatives with you. And they're not always fatal. I mean, that's the extreme. Some of them could be, you know, not like they could be plausible things. I I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. And before you know it, that none of that sounds like good news to me. And so what you have to do is you have to do like David did. David, he didn't have anybody around him encouraging him, so he just went and had himself instead of a pity party, he had himself a praise party. And he's like, I'm just going to encourage myself. I'm just going to encourage myself in the Lord. And so as I was going through that list of all of these things, I'm like, God, all I know, and and it's somewhere in the scripture, I don't know exactly where, but it says that 
we've been redeemed. So we've been redeemed to Christ, and we're going to get to participate in his glory, but we have to participate with him in his suffering. All right, I want you to just think about this. Because the Lord was ministering this scripture to me. And it's like, yeah, I don't like that part of it. But the part that I do really like is his glory. Like, we get to celebrate and we get to participate in that. And I don't know that we have words to even comprehend or describe what that looks like. Because that is a present thing sometimes, but many times it's also an eternal thing, like somewhere else. And so here's where the encouragement, the good news in that comes from me. It's like, God, all I know is I've definitely experienced, I think, I've definitely experienced the persecution. I've definitely experienced that side of things. So I wonder what the future holds. Now do you see how all of a sudden a glimmer of sunshine begins to show? And I'm like, wow, the more you suffer, the more glory you get to enjoy. The more you suffer, the more persecution that you have gone through. I want to encourage you to endure be steadfast, hold on, because God has something amazing for you. And I don't know if that's going to be on this side of eternity or on that side of eternity. I don't know about y'all and if y'all are as selfish as I am. But I'm like, God, I, 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 the eternal part, yay, yay, yay. But I like to experience a little bit of that on this side of glory. Anybody besides me? I'm like, before I die, I would love to experience some of the glory because, like, I feel like I have not yet. Oh, I don't want to get too, too down. I've experienced glory. But I'm like, I'm talking about that kind of amazing glory. The good news that's there. So I want you to be encouraged that if you're going through a, a you know, a troubled season, if you're going through a persecuted season, if you're going through an attack season, if you're going through a season of lack, if you're going through, you hold on because there is some good news for you and the good news for you is that you're going to participate in his glory. It's going to be way greater than you and I can ever imagine. I don't even know how to explain it further than that. When we experience the gospel, when we experience the good news, when we share that with others, this is what we're telling them. Now, don't go to sleep on me because this right here, you know, if, you're, if, if I can't make it exciting enough, this can be a little boring to people who, who aren't like studious in the word, all right? And not everybody is studious in the word. I would encourage you, don't read the word of God. Don't read it just to read it. You know, I've told you that before. Like, you're not going to get extra points in heaven. Your mansion's not going to get an extra room added to it according to how many times you've read your Bible through in a year. Like, or even how many times you've read the Bible through. I'm not saying any of that is bad, but it doesn't matter how much quantity of Scripture you have in you. It matters the quality. Like, what do you know of the scripture? How are you living the scripture out? Are you a student of the scripture? And so I want to teach you these six things. These are six benefits that come from the good news. Every believer will have these benefits when they come into relationship with God. All right? Every believer has these. So it doesn't even matter, listen, it doesn't even matter if you're a disciple of Jesus, you still get these. Isn't that good news? Like when you are, uh, you know, when, when you're trying out or a membership or something, like they always give away the free stuff. Like we're going to give you this for free. You get this just for signing up today. But if you become a member, you get these other things. Like right now, I'm just talking about the stuff we get for free at sign up, at salvation. So the first one is this, is redemption. We're redeemed. When we get saved, we are redeemed. And I want to read this scripture to you real quick. Ephesians, um, 
1, 7 and 8 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he's lavished on us. We have redemption through his blood, and this is where our forgiveness comes from everything you and I have ever done. When we come to Christ, we're redeemed. Like we're forgiven. We're bought back. As a matter of fact, the word redeemed here in the scripture, it really... uh, it has, has a first century context of where they would be in the slave trade market and that whoever was being uh, auctioned off as a, as a uh, slave, that somebody would come in and pay the price for the slave and then set them free. So somebody comes in, Jesus, that's what he did for us. He came in and he paid the price because we were enslaved to sin and then he sets us free. The second thing is this, justification. Just as if I never did any of that stuff before. When you and I get saved, the good news is you're justified. Now, I don't know if you've ever been justified before in the natural But you probably have. For instance, uh, I remember at times where I would be in somebody's house and I would be playing as a kid and I would break something in that house, all right? And this is what happened. My little buddy would step in and he would say, Mom, it's my fault. We were playing when I broke it. Now, if we had been, broke that at my house, I would have got a beaten, you know. But at their house, he steps in and he says, Mom, it was my fault. I broke it. And the mom says this, oh, well, it's okay. It really isn't okay, but she made it okay because he made it okay. That's what Jesus does for us. Like, it's really not okay that we're sinners. It's really not okay that we're offensive to God. But when we get saved, Jesus, he makes it right for us. And this is what Romans 5.1 says. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Like, When we have been justified, we're at peace. Like nobody's at war. Nobody's offended anymore. God's not offended with me because Jesus justifies me. It's just as if I was never a sinner before. The third thing is this, regeneration. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Many of you guys know that by heart. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. He's totally made new. Behold, the new has come, the old has gone. When you and I come to Christ, we're regenerated. When I was talking a little bit earlier um, about how God forgets our past, like he doesn't know that past, that's because it actually doesn't exist. When we come to Christ, we're made new. And so all the things that we did before, that doesn't exist. Not in the spiritual realm. It might exist in your memory and you might keep reminding the Lord of it, but that doesn't exist anymore in the spiritual realm. If I could just, man, get that drilled into somebody, like how bad you used to be, what you used to be at the club, what you used to be, you know, in all of those improper relationships, what all the stuff you stole, all the things that you did, all the things you said, all the things, blah, blah, blah. None of that exists So if you could just receive the regeneration of the Lord in your mind and spirit, let the Lord heal your memory, like that's not who you are. That doesn't exist. And when we talk to God about that, he's like, I'm lost. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, who is that person? Because I don't know them. All I know is what I see in front of me. All I know is what the redeemed looks like in front of me. The regenerated looks like in front of me. So when we're regenerated, like, doesn't this sound like good news? Man, I'm redeemed. I didn't have to pay the price. I'm justified. Man, he just said it was okay. I'm, I'm regenerated. I'm new. The old skanky rife doesn't exist anymore. It's the new improved version, all right? Number four is I'm sanctified. Like, he cleaned me up. He cleaned me up. Like instantly and positionally, he cleaned me up. Now, 
there's a whole nother message that could go with this. There's a progressive sanctification too. Like you're instantly sanctified. Sanctified means just set apart. I'm going to set you apart and I'm going to use you. We a lot of times take that as cleaned up. Well, that's sort of true, but up in regeneration is where you get that. Sanctification means that you're set apart and now you're going to just be used by God. 1 Peter 2.9 is part of that sanctification. You're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. Like I chose you, set apart to declare the praises of God. Like you're sanctified. You're only going to be used for special purposes. That's what a sanctified thing. Many of you guys have that kind of stuff in your house. Like, you know, you can't drink out of that cup, you know. Or you can't sit in that chair. That's only dad's chair, you know. You can't, you know, we can't use this china. That's only for special occasions. Like Shay and I don't have that kind of china, you know. You're going to eat off paper plates if you come to my house. Like, you know you're in the family if you eat off a paper plate. And then, you know, we got some mediocre dishes. But, you know, we don't have any of that sanctified uh, dishware, you know. You're sanctified. But there's this progressive thing that is like, hey, once he sets you apart and he cleans you up, now, now you got to do your part too. You got to walk in sanctification. You can go back out and roll around in the mud pit if you want to, but that's not sanctification. You stay out of the mud pit. He said, go to the lady at the well. Uh, or or uh, it wasn't woman at the well, was it? But he said, now go and sin no more. That was the lady. Was that the lady at the well? All right. I get that one and the one that they're going to stone to death uh, mixed up. But go and sin no more. Like, don't go get back in the mire and muck of the world. Steer clear of that. Number five is reconciliation. Reconciliation is this thing where we are reconciled to the Father. Like, we're enemies of God when we're living in sin. That's what the scripture says. But when Jesus, he makes us friends again. He brings us back into this right relationship again where we're family again. And so God's not mad at you. Like I know many people feel like, man, God's mad at me. God is upset with me, how I'm living or whatever. Listen, if I could just be so bold to say, God, when the Father... Whenever he looks at you, he never looks directly at you. He is constantly looking at you through a lens of Jesus. Like right now, as I look at you, you're blurry to me. All right? But man, when I put these on, when I put the lens on, you become clear. When God looks at you, he's always looking at you through the lens of Jesus. Always looking at you through the lens of the cross. So God's not mad at you. Even when you do things that are not, not you know, godly or whatever, God is not mad at you. Listen, one of the things that I hear people say most often is when things aren't going right in their world is, I wonder what I've done wrong. Or I wonder what I'm doing. Listen, if I could just encourage you with some good news. Our beautiful father is not some moody celestial being that when you mess up that he now gets ticked off at you and he's like all right I was going to bless you with that new job but now you just ticked me off so I'm not going to do it anymore and you know just hey get your own job you know and it's like you know God God please will you forgive me no I ain't listening to you how many times about you that is not the God that we serve When we understand the love of the Father towards us, God is never, when you, oh, there's a wrath that God has. But the scripture says this, that on the cross, the wrath of God towards humanity, towards his believers, his children, was satisfied in the cross. So God is never upset with you. God's never mad at you. God's never, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here, God's never disappointed in you. Like, you know, God's not going, oh, uh, oh, uh, 
God's never in, in that mood because he sees us through the cross. He sees us through Jesus Christ, his son. So I don't know about you. That's another good news, that we're reconciled. We never have to worry about the moody celestial father uh, turning his back on us, treating us with a cold shoulder. He's given us the silent treatment. But what happens when I can't hear God? God is speaking. You need to come talk to somebody because it's not God's fault. It's your fault. Uh, <laughs> I don't like anybody telling me something's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry our culture has made it to where nobody can be told it is your fault. It's your fault. If you are not hearing God, can I tell you, it God, it's not God's fault. So you're going to have to figure out what is it. Either you're not, there's sin in your life. You're pursuing things that God doesn't want you to pursue. Things are cl uh, clouding up your, your discernment and your, and your wisdom. Where are you in your walk with God? Like, if, I'm telling you, if you are intimate with God, listen, when I am intimate with Shay, I want you to understand, I'm not talking about sexually. I'm talking about when I am intimate with my wife, when I am, am like, when it's the best that it's ever been. Like, dude, we are clicking on all cylinders, like, she's in a good mood when I come home. I'm in a good mood when I come home. Everybody's happy. Everything's going great. All the chores are done. I don't have anything on my list to do for her. Like, it is awesome. Do you think for a moment that, like, she's going to be giving me the silent treatment? Do you think that she's going to be trying to make it hard on me? No, man. When you're intimate, everything is easy. When you're intimate with the Father, when you're in that smooth, just that place of relationship, you are going to know. Why is it that you think uh, people who have been married for so long, Shay and I have been married for 36 years, all right? Why do you think, like, I'm telling you, man, we can, I can walk in, in a room and I could go, I was just thinking, why don't we have tacos tonight for supper? And she's like, I promise you. Yeah, I laid stuff out for tacos earlier today. Why is it that we could be thinking something like, you know, I really like X, Y, or Z. And then she will say, I really like X, Y, and Z. And you were just thinking about that. Why is it that I can look at her or she can look at me and... It's like, we're just having a conversation in our head. It's like telepathy. I, I, we had a whole conversation, and I could just tell it because I know when the eyebrow goes up, or it's like, you know, or when it's like, mm, you know, I, I know all those faces. Why? Because we're intimate with each other. I've lived with her. I know her nuances. I know her expressions. I know, like, so much about her, and she knows so much about me. Like, I can just hear her in another room and not even see her facial expression. And I can almost tell you what she's doing. That comes from intimacy, close proximity with someone you love. When you are in close proximity with the one that you love, that's called reconciliation. And this is what this, uh, the good news of the gospel is. Look at this one, adoption, Romans Chapter 8 tells us this, that we've been adopted back into the family of God. It tells us, listen to this, this is think the thing about adoption, and I'd love for the musicians to come. This is the thing about adoption. So it says, well, let, let me just read it to you because I, I can't say it better than this. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we're God's children. And since, this gets so good, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we are must also share in his suffering. There's the scripture I was talking to you about that ministered to me. But look, guys, this says that we've been adopted into the family. And I don't know that many believers truly get the gravity of this. 
Like we're adopted into. When you're adopted into, I now have a legal right to everything the Father has. That's how it is in the natural world. When you adopt a child, your other children, you die, whatever, whatever. Like those children are entitled to be taken care of if you were to die. Like for us in the spiritual realm, it says that we now are co-heirs with Christ. I don't know if we get that. Co-heirs. Listen, it's not like here's Jesus and we're a little bit under him. Co means equal. Co means right beside. That the power that he gave Jesus. What do we have? We have that same power. Jesus told us we did. He said the same power and authority that's been given to me, I now give unto you. It's like the same inheritance that Jesus has. We have that. Guys, I'm telling you, I don't know if you, like if you could just go and think about that. That is extremely good news. Why is the gospel called the good news? Because of all of these amazing benefits that we have. And look, this is, this is why it's so good and amazing. Like that's just for the people that sign up and become Christians. Think about the ones who are sold out disciples of Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 13. I want you to look at this. You there? All right. So Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them, stop just a second. So it's, everybody's going to be saved who calls on the name of the Lord, but the scripture here is saying, but how are they going to hear him if they don't know to call upon him? And how are they going to call upon him if nobody's ever gone and told them? This is what it says in verse 15. It says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent. That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the euangelion, the good news. How beautiful are the feet. Man, if you just think about that, how beautiful are the feet, not your hand, not your face, not your voice, the feet. Why? Because the feet or what takes my body everywhere I go in the natural world. He's saying, listen, everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they going to get saved if they've never heard about him? How are they going to get saved if nobody ever tells them? How are they going to get saved if, if nobody ever goes? How are they going to go if nobody ever sends them? So if you start backing this up, who sent us? Jesus sent us. Who's sending you? I'm sending you. All right, we're backing it up. Who's going to go? You're going to go. What are you going to do when you get out there? You're going to tell them. Why are you going to tell them? Because their world is bad and they're looking for something good. Listen, I don't know anybody like that. And uh, you don't live on planet earth then. I don't know anybody that's got a bad life. I don't got know anybody. Oh, my friend, you're not living in reality. You can go out of here tomorrow and I guarantee you, you can make a list of 10 people that they need hope. Listen, the scripture when it says Jesus Christ, the hope of glory in us. Like we carry the hope of glory. The scripture also says that out of you, me, out of us will flow living water. What's the living water? He is. It's like out of us will flow living water that'll go in and refresh those places. Listen, don't you get tied up in people at your work. Listen to me. This is a word for somebody. Don't you get tied up with the people and their crazy dysfunction at your place of work. You're not, they're not there to be like to you. You're there to be like to them. Don't you get caught up in that mess. Don't you get pulled into their mess. You be the light and reflect God. You're on mission there. I'm, he sent me 
I'm sending you. You guys are going to go out. We're all going to go out, and we're going to be the light of the world to the people. We're going to share the good news. But Pastor Rife, like, that's scary to me. I don't really even think I know how to do it. Well, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to show you how. As I kind of close this down here, this is what the gospel, the gospel's just good news. The gospel's just telling his story. It's also telling your story merged with his story. All right, let's take it, break it down. G, all right, here's G. God loves us. He created us as his sons and daughters. I'm gonna give this to you a little bit later. They're gonna, as you, as you leave, I'm gonna give you one of these and it's gonna have all of this information on there. All right, so God loves us. This is the gospel. Did you know that God loves you? He loves us. This is the second thing. There's a problem. Our sin separates us from God. He loves us. We're not in relationship with him unless we're saved because our sin separates us from God. He's holy. He cannot have sin in his presence. So what is, what's, what's that mean? All right, here's S. So sin's penalty. Who's going to pay for that? Because the penalty is death. Eternal separation. Like, don't get into that discussion like, well, man, we're all going to die. No, 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 no. It's a death worse than death. Like, yeah, we're all going to die. We're all going to be wormwood and we're all going to be, you know, uh, disintegrated at some point in, in life. This is a death worse than death. It's not natural death. It's eternal separation from God, which is hell. And the only escape from that is that the price has got to be paid. And here's the price. So the price for my sin was paid by Jesus' death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection. So God loves us. The problem is our sin separates us from God. Sin's penalty is death. But Jesus paid for that. That's the good news of this. Look at E. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord and who believes that will be saved. All you have to do is you just have to believe that and be saved. And then the L is life. Life with God is our free gift. But here's the thing. Most people are thinking eternal life. Just once I leave this world, I'm going to get to be with God. No, my friend, while we're here, this actually is part of eternity. Like right now, this is part of eternity. This moment is part of our eternity. We'll never not, once you exist, you'll never not exist again. Life with God is the free gift that we have. This is the gospel. And so as you're leading people through the gospel, as it might seem a little formulaic until you get used to it and yet that you can say it so conversationally. All right? So we're going we're gonna to test this out, all right? Okay? Y'all, y'all just bear with me, all right? So we're going to do it. All right? Number one, G. God loves us. He created us to be his sons and daughters. Uh-oh, but there's a problem. Our sin separates us from God. What's the penalty? Sin's penalty is death. Here's the good news. All right, the good news is almost when you're in the middle. Jesus paid the price for my sin on the cross. All right, that means that everybody, anybody, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then, life, life now and life later is the free gift that we have. Listen, when you leave today, somebody's going to give you one of these. I promise you, man, whenever I was a kid in church growing up, uh, you know, at the age of 15 or whatever, Nobody ever taught me to do this. If they had taught me to do this, I probably would have done it a lot sooner. Nobody gave me anything like this. This is a tool for you. 
It's got everything that I just shared with you about the gospel, but it's got a simple start and a simple finish. And then there's a follow-up, all right? Because so many people, they've done this in this religious mindset that it's like, if you were to die tonight, where would you spend heaven? Would you spend heaven or or, uh, eternity? Would you spend it in hell or would you spend it in heaven? Do you know where you're gonna go if you were to die tonight? Listen, that is a turnoff. It's been a turnoff for a long time, but especially in our culture today. Pastor Rife, if the Holy Ghost is in it, listen, don't give me any of that spiritual religion stuff. I'm telling you, we live in a world that is more cynical about Christ and Christianity and the gospel than, than has ever probably existed. Or if, it, if it's not ever, I'll definitely put it way up there. And if you come at people from a religious place, you're going to get a door slammed in your face. You might get cussed out. You might get a number of things. Please don't do that. Don't look at people as your spiritual projects. Genuinely love people. And so there's this simple start. And the simple start simply says this. It says, um, ask questions. You know, just ask questions of people. Get to know people. You're building relationship with people. B is build relationship. Ask questions, build relationships. Like, let people know you love them. You care about them. Don't go straight for the, you know, I want to get you saved because you're going to die and go to hell if you don't know Jesus. Don't don't do it from this religious. You remember last week I told you that when Jesus looked at the masses, what did he have for them? Compassion. He had compassion. Many times he didn't get straight there. Many times he's just like, hey, come follow me. Why don't you come to, we're having a party over this, uh, you know, guy I met at uh, H&R Block the other day. Matthew, remember, tax collector. He's like, I just met him. He was doing my taxes. Jesus, y'all didn't think Jesus had to pay taxes, did you? He did. He's like, yeah, he was helping me out with some of those fish that we caught the other day and how I can write them off from the Roman government. But anyway, he's having a party at his house tonight. Why don't you come be with us? Just invited people to come. He's just, what is he doing? He's just building a relationship. He's just listening to their stories. He's not like, they're cursing, you know, they're using four-letter words. I'll guarantee you, I'll guarantee you, Jesus did not go, you know, that offends me. I'm just going to, you're going to have to stop talking like that, you know. I'll bet you Jesus just let them talk however they talked. And at the right moment when the Father opened the opportunity, he just slid in whatever it was. That's what Holy Spirit will do for you, all right? And then the last thing is communicate hope. Well, the hope that you communicate is the gospel. Like you're just getting to know them. You're just getting, you know, in relationship with them. You're finding out that they're at this place where they don't know the answers. Like maybe they don't have hope. You have the answer. You have the hope. And that's where you bring the gospel in. What you're going to do is if you will, you'll learn this and it'll be so conversational. All right? You're not going to have to go, hang on a second, I forgot what S was. S was, uh, you're not going to have to do that. You're going to learn this so conversationally that you'll just be able to talk about this. You'll never look at any piece of paper because it's just going to be in your DNA. Here's how you can activate and apply what we've talked about today. Number one, pray for a burden for souls. Pray for a burden for people who are suffering. People who are at a place that they're, they're not where you are. They haven't, they haven't received what you've received. So you're praying for a burden. We're going to do that in just a second. The second thing is, um, I introduced to you last week, is that you know we've got some of these invite cards out there. And I want you to begin to invite people into relationship with the Lord. It's not about getting people to our church, but it, it sort of is. But it's not for them to just come crowd this place up. It's for you to build relationship, for you to witness, for you to be light to them, for you to build relationship with them. And then, if they feel that this is the place for them, they can come. If not, 
have some good churches in your in your uh, repertoire or bin. And I've got people that I'm like, I know you're not going to like our church. Why? Because they're, you know, if I could just say it like this, they're just really starchy. They, they, they need everything formulaic. And I'm like, I've got three churches I can send you to that are my friends and they're pastors of churches like that. But you will not, <laughs> you won't jive here. It just is not going to be your cup of tea. Guess what? That's okay. I would love for them to be here. But if they can't be here, I'd rather them be somewhere else. So we're going to pray for a burden uh, for souls and suffering. We're going to take some of these cards. They will be out in the commons. Uh, please take some of these and have on hand. Leave them at your, uh, at, at your restaurants and stuff like that. But don't leave them if you don't tip, okay? Don't leave them. If you don't tip, if you're not a tipper, do not leave a Destiny Church card, all right? I'm just asking you, please don't do that. And the last thing is this. I want you to memorize this how to share the good news so easily that you'll just be able to conversationally uh, talk to somebody about the good news. Listen, I just want to tell you, I know you feel like nobody loves you, but God loves you. Are you following me? That's a very... very I, I know you feel like God is nowhere near, but do you, I, I know you feel like your marriage is fixing to fall apart. But can I just tell you this? God cares about your marriage. Why? Because he loves you. That's my, that's my open door. But here's the problem. Like our sin separates us from God. And some of the things that you're doing right now, how do I know that? Because I've built relation and they've already told me their story. Some of the stuff y'all are doing, like, Honestly, man, that's sin, and that separates you from God, and God's not going to be able to bless this until y'all get that right. Are you following me? Like, I'm just weaving this right in from the story that they've already told me. They've testified to me of their bad news. Now I'm fixing to testify uh, to them of my goodness.